are back, and we have guaranteed power. <laughs> you just jinxed it. It's Let's Go Duffy on the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. Hey. Uh, my name is Pat Duffy. Uh, we are live from our home studios in Henrietta, New York, which hopefully will go a heck of a lot better than it did when we were live from Bill's training camp last week. Well, your home studio. Okay. Well, um, yes, it is my home studio. All right. So I uh, don't live here. Just to, I have my own house. Just to give you a heads up as to what happened, if you're joining the podcast, uh, the last episode was only 21 minutes long. No, it wasn't. It was much longer than that. I got. To, I clocked in at twenty three. Okay, shut up. So it's the shortest show we've ever done. The uh, shortest show. We were live from Bill's training camp, and uh, let me just give you a background. That was like months of setup to get that done. Really? Well, we had to get you credentialed to get you into camp. <laughs> you sure did. We, uh, you know, we had to move the whole studio out to where we were. There's mm-hmm. already a mobile studio there, but we had to bring all our on our equipment. We Ryan and I both got up at six o'clock in the morning to get out there early, set up, make sure we were ready to roll, so we would be done and be able to catch all the press conferences and watch practice. So we finally get all this up. Our wonderful engineer at Odyssey, Derek, meets us out there. On a Sunday morning to make sure it all runs smoothly because he's a very kind man. Good guy, Derek. And we're rolling, man. We're feeling it. The energy at camp, people walking around, right? I felt alive. It was awesome. And we to be there, like I was just real quick, to like walk in there with my press credential, okay. no big deal, yeah. around my neck mm-hmm. with a lanyard that I bought at Dick's Sporting Goods the night before because I couldn't find another lanyard around my house for some reason. But anyway, walking in there and just like there was that morning dew still like kind of in the air and there was like just a little bit of activity you could see like some players coming out getting a little bit of a stretch in like ooh, that guy's putting in some extra time there was just something about like the calm before the storm Mm -hmm. of the practice was just like ooh man it felt so good so we're feeling it man we get in you heard that segment it was dynamite yeah we're feeling dynamite segment yep and we get out of the break we take a second i go back to the uh studio to start the next segment, and no power. Pew! A transformer apparently blew off campus in Pittsburgh somewhere. Mm. So uh, because of that... Mm. Must be, just saying. They didn't have power. Everyone's always yakking about Pittsburgh being so great. Well, I'm in Greece, and I got electricity most of the time. So go kick rocks. The entire camp had no power during the whole practice. Yeah. So uh, all of the bathrooms, there were five porta-potties for like 5,000 people. That would... So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so our families came after we were supposed to do the show and then we chimed, we timed it to where they were going to show up to where, when we would have been done Mm -hmm. and then we were going to all go to camp together and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And speaking of those porta potty lines, we are, we luckily were able to get into one of the locker rooms that had no power, mind you. So I had to use the restroom holding my, my camera flashlight. It's called called dark piss. Dark. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't see piss. As we're, as I'm walking out back to the car to like st- start to unload some of our stuff, I see. Did you just notice the lights flickered in here for a second? It was your hand over the. No light. way it wasn't, dude. You jinxed it. I'm just saying. Shut okay, up. but anyway, so we're walking back to the car, unloading some equipment, and I see this like snake of a line, like 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 wrapped around like all of these different like concession stands. There's got to be at least 400 people in this line. No joke, and. Someone toward the back said, like, I, I'm like, what's this for? Like, are we buying jerseys? Like, are they giving something away? And someone says, it's the line for the bathroom. And I had heard that my wife, from your wife, was in line for the bathroom. And I thought to myself, I literally said out loud, there's no way she's in this line right now. And the second I say that, she turns right around. She goes, yes, I am. And I was like, oh, man, that stinks. Poor people having to wait in line. Like, the dark age, quite literally, the dark ages. Awful. In a porta potty on top of that. So, with all that being said, yeah, 
Uh, that's why the podcast was only 23 <laughs> minutes long last week. So we move forward. Camp is now uh, coming to an end. This is actually the last week of Bill's camp, yeah. but it is the first week of actual kind of real football. Mm. Your Buffalo Bills take on the Indianapolis Colts 1 o'clock live from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The exciting thing, because we're not going to see Josh Allen. No, probably. Yeah, right. I mean, there's no probably no not. He hasn't played in the first three games of the first, well, now two games of the preseason in like years. Right. If we see him at all, we're probably going to see him. You know how McDermott's a little bit nuts. The big draw is going to be Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. top 10 pick of the Indianapolis Colts at quarterback out of Florida. Two overall? Second quarterback taken, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he was two overall. Doesn't matter. Bottom yeah. line is this. That's going to be the exciting part of the game on Sunday for folks that are not diehard weirdo Bills fans that want to see how things go down. Yeah. Right? And for the the gaggle of Indianapolis Colts fans that live in western New York. Well, that's like the fun part, though, of preseason games is like when the other team comes to town, you get literally preview of super high draft pick. Cause you don't want your yeah. team to have super high draft pick. Cause that means your team sucks and you got to roll through all that. But like, right. you know, like going back in my head, all the guys that I've seen earlier, like I saw Heath Schuler in his oh, sure. first NFL action ever. Schuller. You don't remember Heath Schuler? No, I know Heath Schuler. Who's Heath Schuler? He was a quarterback for who? For the Heath Schuler. For the Heath Schulers? Yep. For the, um, for the Harrisburg Heath Schulers. Shut up. I don't remember where he, who he played for, but I know he's a commentator. Washington. Washington, um, that's right. Yeah. The Redacteds. So get out, getting out of Anthony Richardson being the main draw here. Walking into this game on Saturday, mm-hmm. there has been some change in the offseason. Sure. Not only from a personnel point, standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. Ryan, when you turn this game on at 1 o'clock on Saturday, what are you looking for? Ooh, well, I mean, first things first, I'm looking for for some clickety clack of pats because I've been missing that big time. Okay, I don't want that. Oh, I, oh I'm just in general. I want to watch the clickety clack of pads of every other game that I'm going to have on because the game right, starts Thursday night and they roll Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just games nonstop, yeah, all weekend long. Yeah. So what I'm looking for, um, I guess, I I want to see how the defense looks overall. Personally, okay. I want to see how. Um, how the middle linebacker uh, competition shaping up? It has become a two man race, according to yep. uh, folks at camp. Mm-hmm. I want to see how uh, how the defensive backs play. Okay, again, uh, it looked like uh, Christian Bedford had worked his way out of the second position. Mm-hmm. It was it became Elam and Dane Jackson mm-hmm. for about a week, and then all of a sudden on Monday, or excuse me, Sunday, he was working back in again. Christian right. Bedford's back, so it's a three man race again, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right. And, um, yeah. And I guess too, I want to see if, uh, Hyde and Poyer play together. That's one thing, maybe not Poyer so much, but I want to see, uh, Micah Hyde get a little bit of action just because it has been so long. I don't, I can't see them playing. And if they do play for one series and they're going to tell them, get the hell away. I mean, look, they're both aging players. They're Mm -hmm. both unbelievably valuable to this team. Totally. totally. And you saw when Micah Hyde went down, that was a problem. Mm -hmm. They managed to hold it together because the scheme is very good. When Poyer went down, we all know the record that the Bills had without Jordan Poyer in the lineup last season. If I am McDermott, if I am Brandon Bean, I do not put them on the field. They, I mean, bro, they've been in the league 10 years. They played yeah. together, you know, what, five, six They've been six here now? for seven. Yeah, I yeah. think this is year seven. So, yeah, I know what they can do together. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Both of those guys keep themselves in amazing shape. You saw Jordan Poirier was willing to ride a bus to Kansas City. You can't question his dedication. Mm-hmm. Keep him in street close. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think, Plus, you know, I mean, you got Tyler Rapp, too, the uh, safety that they brought out mm-hmm. uh, from Los Angeles. You got a, uh, Yeah, excuse me, I'm sorry. And, I mean, Damar Hamlin. 
Yeah. Right. Like if he's going to strap him on and actually go, you got to see where he's at. And I don't I, maybe it's not a good idea to push him right into the fire of live game action, mm-hmm. you know, because he did speak last week about how everything has been a step for him and how I'm paraphrasing, but it's been frightening with every step. And sure. he's just like pushing his way through. So I don't know, like, do you see what you have behind Poyer and Hyde in the safety situation only because injuries have plagued those two the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I wouldn't disagree with if that was the route to go. I guess, like, just because there's been so much time for Hyde specifically, like, not on the field, it'd be nice to to see him play, but, you know, at what potential cost? Um, But, no, you're absolutely right, too. I could see, like, you know, if this is year seven of them playing together, year what, eight, nine, whatever of them being in the league, maybe you know what you got on them. Oh, you definitely uh, know what you, <laughs> you know, got. So, so yeah, like maybe save them for uh for the Jets. But either way, that's what I'm that's what I'm excited for. And I'm curious too to see what the uh kind of defensive line like everything I'm curious on is on the defense. even though like I know like a lot of the uh, coverage out of camp has been, you know, how well Kincaid is uh, uh, assimilated into the offense, the Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid uh, connections and and just, you know, working together. Um, Diggs making some awesome catches. Gabriel Davis, like, really coming into form I don't, recently. I don't like I, I keep Diggs and Davis in street clothes. I mean, Gabe Davis, like we're yeah. talking about guys that have been hurt consistently the last couple of years. The last two years, Gabe Davis has had lingering injuries that have affected his play. I guess like my what I'm focused on entirely for this game is the defensive side because I don't think because that has had the most changes in this offseason, I think, mm. whether you're talking about Leslie Frazier leaving, obviously Tremaine Edmonds leaving mm-hmm. um, the uh, you know, just it, just overall personnel, getting people back. Um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. See, you're wrong, and oh. we're on the exact opposite of this. Interesting. Because everything with this team lives and dies with the defense, or with the offense, excuse me. And all right, you brought up one thing I'm watching. The reports from training camp have been that Dalton Kincaid is running unbelievable routes, and he might be unstoppable. Yeah. But they, it's also been reports where he hasn't had pads on while that's happening. Sure. And you're playing against guys that you've been running against since the spring. Mm-hmm. Put him in game action. And let me see if he can get banged around and make the catches across the middle. Totally. Because if Dalton Kincaid can make those catches, oh my God, Mm -hmm. this offense is going to be unstoppable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess like I I just see it as, uh, I mean, I I get your point, you know, to each their own. Um, But to me, I think like it's been more additive on the offense and I'm not so worried about, you know, seeing that in a preseason game, especially if you're not going to see Josh Allen behind quarterback or behind center because... I don't think it's a it's a far fetched thing to say that between QB one and QB two and three, there's a pretty big disparity of of uh, of talent. There. Absolutely no, but I, <laughs> I guess the point I'm getting at is I want to see how he runs routes. I want to see how he handles getting bocked around a little bit. Because look, when we lost that possession receiver last year, when Crowder went down in Miami, and that was completely eliminated. The offense, the wheels fell off. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you, and you try and bring back Cole Beasley. You try and bring back John Brown. By the way, the best nickname of all time, mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid's nickname, yeah. Swole Beasley. <laughs> Have you not heard Swole Beasley? No, I haven't. Because that's I the job it. he's going to play, right? Like, that's he's going to so be that funny. guy that's willing to go 10 yards up, turn and catch that ball. He's going to be that guy that's going to go across the middle and take a shot. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Right? And, I, and he may have the ability to... Take a couple of steps after the catch because he's such a big dude. I mean, mm-hmm. by the way, we stood next to that. That's a big dude, man. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it was it's so funny. Like like being on the sideline for training camp, like it sounds so stupid to mm-hmm. say it out loud. Mm-hmm. But when these guys were like walking or jogging out of the tunnel, like onto the practice field, like we were right there. We're seeing them walk out. 
And I thought to myself, like, whoa, that guy's tall. Like, no kidding, you dumb moron. Like, of course, they're NFL players. Like, they're professional football players. Of course they're tall. The other thing that's important to keep an eye on on Saturday, <laughs> the more James Cook plays, I think the less he's going to factor into this offense on a weekly basis. The more he plays... The more the- we see him early in the preseason, mm-hmm. the less of a plan the Bills have for him, I believe. I don't understand how what, we, what you're saying at all. Okay, so the last couple of years, it's kind of been running back by committee, which is weird because they've committed high picks the last five years to running backs, Yeah, right? nothing higher than... A, I mean... Nothing lower than a Nothing three. Nothing lower than a three. Yeah, you. I mean, you had Singletary. He was supposed to be your guy. That didn't work out. So then you draft Zach Moss almost right behind him. He took over the lead role, don't forget, during that uh, COVID playoff run mm-hmm. until he hurt himself in the Ravens game, I think it was. Sure. Okay. And then all of a sudden it became Singletary's team again. They ship Moss out. Singletary has the season he had last year, which, by the way, I really feel like Singletary got a bad rap. Mm. You had issues on the offensive line yeah. all season long. Singletary is not the type of back that it seems that they want for this offense. I mean, like the Naeem Hines type, who they go out and trade a six-round pick for, who, again, you don't even use the right way when he shows up in Buffalo in the back quarter of the season. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of variables when it comes to to you know running back play in general. I mean, obviously, you see it right now with the, with the market itself and how they're pretty... Uh, valued rather low. Pretty valued rather low. Pretty that's valued a, rather that's low. That's a man who talks um, in the microphone. Sure. But a part-time job. But also, too, like, I think, like, yeah, you're right. Maybe he did get a pretty bad rap um, just with how the offensive line has played last year, especially, and, and arguably over the last two years. But, um, but yeah, it's it's funny, man. It's like they were always, like, trying to replace him. It's almost like they were, like, waiting, like, get, like waiting for an excuse to be, like, and when the, the opportunity came, they did. Like you just mentioned, they replaced him with Moss until he got hurt. And then, obviously, Devin Singletary had a pretty good season last year. Not terrible. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I mean, it's oh, all about but, opportunity. But, uh, right, but but the run game is not uh, the uh, showcase of the Bills' offense. But I guess that's what I'm getting at here is it seems like Cook is the guy that they want for the offense they want to run. Because when we were at camp, too, and I've seen this a couple of times being at camp, they're using him out of the backfield as receiver as a ton, and not just as a guy that's running, you know, out of the backfield outs for five yards. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a play that happened right in front of us while we were there. He ran a legitimate wide receiver route 25 mm-hmm. yards down the field, caught yeah. a touchdown, laying out for it. He looked great doing it. Mm-hmm. There's a bottleneck at running back. And what I don't mean bottleneck, right behind Cook, where you have a lot of guys, and there might be one or two that don't make this roster. Yeah. If we see a ton of Cook with a backup quarterback the first two weeks, Mm -hmm. it tells me that they have plans for the guys behind him on that roster. If we see zero Cook in game time, one, you're trying to hide what your plan is for this offense. Two, you want to keep him safe and fresh because, you know, running backs, they get hurt very easily. You're mashing your face into the line every play. And... Three, it means those other guys on the roster behind him are situational backs. I see your point now. Yeah. No, you're right. What am I not? Okay. I am interested to watch Kyle Allen, too. Yeah? I don't know. Could he be the best backup quarterback that Josh Allen has had thus far in his career? Um, Mitch Trubisky. Yep. Okay, so he, he got his second chance in Buffalo, mm-hmm. gets the contract in Pittsburgh. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's safe to say, as much as everybody loves Matt Barkley, mm-hmm. uh, not backup 
caliber quarterback in the NFL. I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. The only reason that Matt Barkley is on the team mm-hmm. is because Josh Allen on the phone with Brandon Bean was like, you got to bring Matt Barkley back. And he's like, you got a franchise quarterback worth quarter of a billion dollars. It's possible the only reason Kyle Allen is on the team is because <laughs> right. Josh Allen is his buddy because they were golfing buddies. By the way, it is funny that Josh Allen at this point is like a, has his own little economy surrounding him between Matt Barkley between Kyle Allen, between Tanner Gentry last season, his yeah, old yeah, teammate yeah. out in Wyoming. Like, uh-huh. that guy, he qualifies for small business loans. He has employed, <laughs> he's got three employees. He has had three employees in the last 12 months. Hey, man, it's all about networking. It's I, about who you know. I mean, he could do drywall if you want. <laughs> no, but I mean, I want to see. Who is the, uh, well, let's, uh, I want to finish this, because th- you have Jake Fromm, obviously. Too. Yeah, but that like, wasn't him yet. Of I mean, course, yeah, and he's, he's in Washington now. Who was the the backup quarterback two years ago who then went to the Giants with Dayball. Oh, Davis Webb. Davis Webb. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how well nah. he played. Derek Anderson had to uh, replace Josh Allen when Josh went down his rookie year, second year. It was his rookie year. Rookie year, yeah. God, that was the worst. That Thursday night game yeah. on Halloween. Oh, man. I'm in the stand. I drunk. <laughs> I, I you know I get a, gotta I gotta get up to go to work at two thirty in the morning. Oh, and the dentist's I, favorite time. Shut up! And I remember being furious that I stayed up all night in Orchard Park mm-hmm. and watched Derek Anderson play a Thursday night football game, only to have to drag my ass through work the next day. Weeknight primetime games are tough in and of themselves, mm. all things equal. Mm-hmm. But then add in a loss to a divisional, to the most hated, arguably, mm. divisional opponent, when you have QB3 under center no, at that point. No, he was like QB4 at that point. Was he? Yeah, because, all right, so it was... Peterman was still on the Peterman team. was the starter for 45 minutes. Wow, how do we just brush over him? Well, he wasn't a... I'm talking about, like, quality backup quarterbacks behind Josh Allen. Okay, but he wasn't really a... He was the starter that season. He <laughs> lost his job. Like, that doesn't even count. He wasn't brought in that season to be the backup. He was the starting effing oh quarterback. God, dude. Ugh. I know. I know. I, I understand the thinking from McDermott. And this goes back to what you were mentioning about Kincaid, too. The, the McDermott regime has this thing of like not giving rookies a big head. You don't they they've literally done it with every first round pick well, every single okay, so year. I don't know if it's big head. I mean McDermott actually talked about this in his one of his press conferences last week. It's about trusting him with the keys to the kingdom, I think was the term that he used. And I understand it. Like it's a complicated situation that they're putting him in. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into what's going on here. So with all the vets they have on this team, do you want a first-year player that has games of experience being the one that makes or breaks your win or loss. Fair enough. And and you know what? I actually, I take back my point because I'm, I, no, 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 I'm thinking through it because at, at the very least with Josh Allen, this was the point I was going to make. How could you possibly think that Nate Peterman is a better quarterback than Josh Allen? And and you may not have thought that, you know, let's let's be honest here. But you can't argue with the, 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 potential trajectory that Josh Allen's career could have taken if he was thrust into 15 minutes earlier. I was going to say, he was. What are you talking no, but about? What but, but that obviously was like a, like that game was out of hand. Like you're not expecting Josh to come back and it's like, let's see what he's got kind of thing. That's a low pressure situation as opposed to being named the starter before week one and saying like keys to the kingdom, just like you were saying okay. there. It's a completely different situation. All right. Uh, if... Peterman had gotten hurt 
in that Baltimore game, mm-hmm. you're right. That's a low-pressure situation. You mean physically, not yes. emotionally? Because yes, exactly. he was very hurt emotionally. Let's say he went down. Okay, yeah. well, now it's a, I'm just going to finish this game. I'm going to get a little... Look, man, when Josh Allen went into that game, mm-hmm. everybody knew Josh Allen was not coming out ever again. Of course. Right? So... The pressure, there's a ton of pressure. In fact, it's more pressure because you weren't preparing as the starting quarterback all week. Now you're in there and this is your team. It's your team 30 minutes into the season, 30 minutes into your career. All right, I'm thinking of it more of like the tension and, and anxiety building up into week one and running out of the tunnel and being like, okay, I am the guy here. In that situation, in that Ravens game, dude, twenty-eight to nothing. No, good point. Whoa, 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 whoa twenty-eight. Oh, five, four picks at that point, right? Did he come in out of halftime, or did Peterman get another uh, sear? I can't. It doesn't matter. You know what's so funny? Nate Peterman has thrown so many ridiculous interceptions. They all blend together now, yeah. right? Between. The Chargers game, between that game, between that Falcons game where the Bills had the lead and he came in when Josh got hurt, he just kept throwing picks. Remember, oh he God. threw that dream. He let it drive to take the to lead. Zay Jones, I, I'll never forget that. I thought to myself, like, dude, finally, Nate redeemed himself. Yep. We're going to win this game. Did and he throw back-to-back picks on drives to lose the game? Because he threw a pick six, he threw didn't a pick he? six that I, that I can't remember if that, that – I think that put them ahead – Either way, he threw two picks on on back to back drives after that coming on coming in off the bench and and you know floater to Zay Jones so top you, of the end zone. So you know I live and die with this team, of course, and I will never laugh at bad things that happen. Like it really frustrates me. Never, unless it's funny. The only moment that I ever laughed at as a Bills fan that went terribly wrong mm-hmm. is when Nate Peterman threw that pick six against Dude. Atlanta. I I was I remember exactly where I was and I was with my buddy and I just started, I couldn't stop laughing. You, you, I'm completely with you. I feel the exact same way about that play. That was, that was a moment where like, I, at that point, like who knows, the game was out of hand or whatever, like, you know, or, no, it no, no, wasn't. No, 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 I don't mean it like that. Like, like literally the moment that it happened, it's like, you, you can't write it any better. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like that's that's what had to have happened, you know. It's like uh, when Jameis Winston was like a completely evil, like ended his season throwing an interception, and they went like thirty touchdowns, thirty picks in the year. Like it's it's how it has to happen, you know. Um, but real quick, as far as Nate Peterman's concerned, I know we've talked about him a lot on the show. Oh, it is a big Nate Peterman show. If if there's one thing that Nate Peterman has done for the Buffalo Bills fans, it is giving the fan base a jersey that they could wear forever <laughs> because everyone who is a Bills fan, if you walk in the stadium, you're walking in on game day and you see a number two Peterman home jersey, you're going to get a chuckle out of it. And it's not the same as like a Norwood jersey, which I would say even now you could probably wear. It's I don't still, like it, but still that's a whole other Fair enough. Debate. But like the stakes weren't high with Nate Peterman. It's almost ridiculously I mean, it's it's hilarious. Here's why it's hilarious. Real quick, because we're, we're running late on this segment. It's only hilarious because the Bills somehow managed to sneak into the playoffs the year that he threw all those picks against the Chargers. <laughs> Could you imagine if the Bills missed the playoffs by one game, and the reason that they did is because they started Nate Peterman in, was it Los Angeles or San Diego at that time? Doesn't matter. Think about that. Yeah. We wouldn't have broken the drought. I would, no, wait a minute. No, that was the that was the year they broke the drought. That was that was the Tarot year. So yeah, no, you're right. It's funny 
because we snuck in the playoffs. Yeah. If they missed again, not so funny no more. Fair enough. And and honestly, too, I mean, that's a good point because I remember, I think it was Scott Chandler fumbled out of the end zone at one game against the Chiefs at home years ago where we missed the playoffs by one game and, had, and that would have sealed the game for the Bills. And I remember having a lot of animosity until he did that shovel that dance. That was great. That was a great dance. In, uh, in Detroit during the snow out game. But yeah. Okay, so now we actually have content to get to. Oh, well, we had stuff ready to go last week. We had a whole show ready to go, training camp oriented, and then the power went out, and we had to go home. Uh, however, when it comes to going to camp, you know, there's a bunch of reasons people like to go. Last season was all about the star power. Yeah. This season, it seems all about the signatures. Mm. And as we teased last week going into this segment, everyone wants the kids to get signed. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. But when it comes to the grown-ass people, we'll get into it next. It's Let's Go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Little people lined up on the fence trying to get autographs from their favorite Bills players. Tiny human beings. That's adorable. Uh-huh. Grown-ass people lined up on the fence trying to get autographs from their favorite Bills players. Boo! Wait, so you're definitely out on this. 100% out on this. It's Let's Go Double O, the Odyssey app. where you get your podcast. He's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Like us, subscribe us, love us. Subscribe us. I stand by what I said. Okay. I stand by what I said. Okay. Uh, coming up in just a second here, we're going to find out what is making Ryan sad. How do you forget every week? <laughs> this one's legitimate. No, like, serious. No, it's always legitimate. Like, the look on your face every single time. So we're having, vi- we will have video for our next podcast. I know he's teased it last week, but then the power outage threw us all off. I cannot wait for you people to see the look on his face every single time I go. We're going to find out what's making Ryan sad. And he goes, ooh. I literally, all joking aside, most of the time I'm playing it up. Right now I just swallowed my tongue. Okay, great. <laughs> So we're going to find... Ryan's about to find out what's making him sad. Sure thing. Uh, in a little while here on the Let's Go Duffalo. You know what makes me uh, makes me sad? What? People who are unprepared for their part-time jobs. No, that makes me really sad. <laughs> so uh, training camp last year began the mob scene where they started doing the ticket situation, yep. you know, so it wasn't overrun. Mm-hmm. And last year, everyone came out to the camp for expectations. Sure. Right? The Bills were Super Bowl bound. You wanted to see Von Miller. And there's still that excitement there. But it seems this year, Ryan, mm-hmm. people are coming out to camp, and it's all about Josh Allen. Totally. So he has literally thousands of people moving around the camp just following him. And that's not an exaggeration. They move like a gallery at a golf major. Mm-hmm. And the best part about Josh, well, other than being an elite quarterback. And just, you know, seemingly great dude. Absolutely. He signs for as many kids as he can, walking off the field every single day. Witnessed it with my own peepers. Yes. But he only signs for kids. He will pass over adults in line like they don't even exist, Mm -hmm. which is actually hilarious to watch because those grown-ass people are upset, but they don't want to be mad at Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. So you can see the gears in their head grinding, much like you trying to come up with what's making you sad. Like they're trying to figure out like, well, I'm mad at Josh, but I love Josh. So okay, that's how they sound. Ryan, do you judge grown ass autograph seekers at camp? Yeah, I do. Why? Um, Well, I can't imagine that the overwhelming majority of, of grown people, Mm -hmm. Seeking autographs mm. are doing it to turn a profit for themselves. Okay, let's pause there. Yeah. What makes you say that? 
um, because you can pull up eBay right now and type Josh Allen autograph insert item. Okay. And you're going to see items listed there. Yeah, there is a market the, for autographed no, memorabilia. I understand there is. I understand there's a market, but you said the overwhelming majority. That could be five percent of all the things Josh signs for grown ass people. Look, I collect this stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never sold anything in my life. I want to keep it all. I want it in my basement. It's a memory for me. Okay. I mean, you're you are the minority. I, I do, again, you're just making statements with no data to back oh, it up. Of course, no data. You asked me for my opinion on it. Well, like, but, do I judge them? Yes. Okay. I but, judge them. All right. So you're judging them because you believe that every adult getting an autograph is trying to sell it. Well, okay, th- that yes, and two, I judge them because you are in in direct competition with a child, with an actual child okay. who just has like their pamphlet from when they walked into camp or their like rally towel or like their hat that they just bought. Like, are you serious, dude? It's a child. It's a child. It's what, a child. You got to, you're going <laughs> to what elbow them out of the way or even just like, like just let's, let's take uh just, let's just elevate about 15 feet over the, the crowd of people. Okay. I wish they could see like a feed of them. These adults with these children all competing for, for the, the signature of a person. It's like, this is this is not what you should be doing, in okay. my opinion. All right. As long as you are not pushing kids out of the way, mm-hmm. what is the issue with adult autograph seekers? I, I, I feel like the majority of them are, are doing okay. it to turn a profit. That's, okay. that's so what that's I would it. say. All right. All yeah. Right. Is there a place then, Ryan, because if it's not Bill's training game, is there a place where it is appropriate for adults to get autographs from athletes? Yes, there is. Where is that? When you pay admission into an autograph signing session and you wait in line like the grown person that you are in a civilized society and then you bring your memorabilia however you're however many you're allowed to bring mm-hmm. and you don't interact with the person and you shake their hand if you paid enough real quick okay. and then you get your thing signed maybe pay for a picture too okay. and then you go on your way into the next line so as an adult mm-hmm. you have to pay for autographs i would say yeah Oh, no, 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 hang on, no, 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 I wouldn't say it like that. I would say that you shouldn't expect an athlete to sign your stuff at, like, a training camp session or, or after a game, walking into a game, whatever the case. Okay. I don't think you should have an expectation that they are going to sign for you, especially over a child. I have a child! A child! So, a child? So it's funny, you know what's weird is all of those public autograph appearances in Rochester are starting to come back again. Mm -hmm. So like Dalton Kincaid was at a car dealership earlier. There's been a couple other guys that have been at businesses and they're there just so people come in the businesses and you know, they'll sign around. Mm -hmm. And like way back in the Super Bowl years, that was a very common occurrence. Totally. Bill's players would come to town all the time. What, remember they would go to the Holiday Inn or like whatever, like some kind of like- party house uh, and gates. Oh yeah. So- my dad, our dad, mm-hmm. would take four, five, six-year-old me mm-hmm. to these autograph appearances. And he put together this scrapbook of me with, like, God, like 30 Bills Super Bowl players. I, I know, yeah. It's one of my most prized possessions. Sure. And if I stopped the story there, it would be a really sweet story. Oh, God, here we go. What? Okay, yes! I'm pretty sure dad was using me to get his own autograph. You were a patsy? Yes. No, <laughs> Patrick C. <laughs> <laughs> he would also get his own autograph while we were there. 
Okay. Like, he would line me up. Like, I have these great pictures. Don Beebe, Leon Seals, Daryl Talley, Kenny Davis, Steve Christie. Like, oh, I cherish them. They're wonderful. The hair on all those. And I know these pictures, too. There's no, they're, they're, like, grainy. Like, got them, like, developed at, like, Rite Aid or Eckerd or yep. whatever. Yep. Like, uh, yeah, no, I know. Like, and the flash was on, so it's just, like, this giant, like, in the mirror behind it, just, like, bang. I'm wearing. And Steve Christie's, like, quaff is just hanging, <laughs> like, his perm. The amount of, like, tiny belts with flowy shirts out of tight jeans in those <laughs> Dude, pictures oh man they were killing it. kenny davis is wearing a crocodile dundee hat for some reason <laughs> but in every single picture i'm taking with these athletes so here is how it worked my dad he would hand them this scrapbook they would sign the scrapbook for me he would take a picture with me and then he would tape the picture of me yeah. in the scrapbook that's yeah. really cool that's how scrapbooks work but in every single picture there's a football mm-hmm. and that's not my football huh. that's dad's football okay he had a football autographed by like 30 members of the Super Bowl team. A murderous rowball. Yes, no, it's exactly what it was. But the football always came. It was my dad, me, the scrapbook, and the football. Sure. And as a grown man looking back on this now, I'm pretty sure that he was using me as an embarrassment shield to get in line at these things. We'd be like, I'm a kid, my kid, my kid's ball, my kid, my kid, my kid. Yep. All right. So, a lot to unpack here. So... Benefit of the doubt, he's our father. So, uh, why, which is that. why I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt. Fair enough, you do you. I was going to say though, maybe I would give a pass back then because no internet. Okay. Um, the I, I feel like autographs definitely. So obviously, no internet, no eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where all of these things are like widely available. What are you going to like the taking that ball and bringing it to what? treasured collectibles oh, no, at, like, like the Grace Ridge Mall. That was a real thing. Like, that's where guys would go and unload these autographs because okay. it was pre-like, you know, certified autographs. So, yeah, guys would come in and sell their autograph stuff to these collectible shops. I guess to that now, degree... Look, I know Dad wasn't going to sell Oh, no, it. I... He wanted for it for sure. himself, but he still used me. I was used! Arguably. Um, and in your opinion, you do you. But I think, like, I, I give a pass back then because I feel like you had to put a lot of work into it, you know? So it, to me, it's like, it's not as simple as like, you know, you get your tickets online for training camp, you wait out in the sun with your bucket hat and all that stuff next to like an 11 year old and like question your life decisions. And then, you know, get your autograph. No, not by Josh, which is just like hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I would give more of a pass to, you know, the 90 pre millennium. I would argue that the autograph back in the day, mm-hmm was way easier to get than the situation that we're talking about right now. How so? Okay, so let's say, because I remember going to the old Kaufman's at Grease Ridge Mall. Oh, man. Uh, to, Jim Kelly was there signing autographs. At Kaufman's? At Kaufman's. In the tie section. Yeah. <laughs> so all you had to do was stand in an apartment for ties. <laughs> Kaufman's. Well, yeah, where else would you find the ties? They're nowhere. It's a department store. you got to go to the ties department. Where can I, where can I go get Go down ties? here, take a left, go up the escalator. It's on the right. Tie department. But, like, you know, yeah, you had to wait in line for two hours. But if you got in line. For a tie? <laughs> if you got in <laughs> line, you were getting your Jim Kelly autograph. Yeah, it for was sure. going to happen. Whereas now, I have to somehow procure tickets to training camp, which was very, very hard to do for a lot of people. I have to get there. I have to fight through these crowds to get a good spot on the fence. I have to carry my memorabilia with me. The entire time outside, not only on the bus there, but on the bus back. And when I get to that line after standing there for three hours, and by the way, if you want to get in a good spot for autograph, you're probably going to miss all of practice. So you're literally just standing there. Yeah. That entire time, I have to hope to God that that player who I want walks by me and is willing to sign. That's way harder. That's way more work. Yeah, well, maybe it's part of the, you know, the chase, you know. The chase. Uh, but there's no. That's where the thrill comes from. It's not about the destination. 
There's about no, the journey. There is no guaranteed payoff. Whereas, like back in the day when we went and met all these guys, as long as you were in line, you were gonna get an autograph. Yeah, I mean, sure. I I would think though, if you are truly an adult uh, autograph collector mm-hmm. for your own purpose, whether you're gonna sell it, your memorabilia, whatever the case, I don't care. I'm gonna judge you, but whatever. I think that if you are waiting at the the fence at camp, okay. that's a rookie move on your part. Okay. I think that if you are serious about collecting autographs, you are the guy who's like calling up hotels and being like, hey, are the bills staying there? Or oh, like, yeah, oh, that's I need, weird. I, oh, oh, of course it's weird. But I'm saying like, I don't think you can expect, especially in, in a, a line with children or among children, that like you're actually going to get your stuff signed. I feel like you have to then play a little bit more of like a behind the scenes game to get what it is you're looking for or perhaps sweeten the deal much like your daughter did with Dalton Kincaid which was hilarious but like things like uh, along those lines where like you got to kind of butter them up a little bit maybe do something nice and then you can get it which I would say that's that it you do you at that point you're not affecting any children I would say so you brought up my oldest sure so while we were at camp my daughter decided that she was going to get an autograph come hell or high water sure and, you know, we were on the field doing the media thing. Media passes, no big deal. And I had to let my daughter know, like, listen, I can't help you. I don't. I, I know we're on the field. I, I can't, like, bring any players over to you. Not only would I not do that, it's wildly inappropriate. Sure. So the day before we leave, I am uh, I'm going through stories to talk about what we're going to, you know, here on the podcast. Oh, you prep. Yeah, somebody has to. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have a whole sheet in front of me. You don't know what your emotions are. Because I just go off the cuff, baby. I'm just living my life in the Shut fast up. lane. Right. See, I have actual content I'm trying to bring here. Sure, go for it. So uh, I read a story that said uh, Dalton Kincaid mm-hmm. loves nerd clusters. Nerd Dummy. nerd clusters. Yeah, so they're candy. And he said he can't get them on campus. He's got to go off campus to get them. So I <sighs> mentioned it out loud. Like, oh, well, look, at it. and Stella likes them too, my oldest. Mm-hmm. So she starts concocting this plan the day before. That she's going to buy a bunch of nerd clusters. Sure. She's going to bring them to camp. And she's going to make a big sign that says, Hey, Dalton, trade you nerds for an autograph. Okay. And I'm trying to talk her out of it. Really? Well, here's why. Like we talked about, there's 5,000 people there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the lines of kids on the fence are started as soon as the door opens. Yep. My daughter gets something in her head and she gets really excited about it. And if it doesn't happen, it ruins the rest of her day. I see. Okay. So I don't want her to get her expectations up. She doesn't want to hear it. She you're, makes... you're looking out for her. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. But I'm not going to tell her no. I'm not going to tell her no. We just, uh, that's what we're going to do. So she makes the sign. She colors it in all Zubaz colors with the letters. It was cute. And she tells me it's going to happen. And like, I'll be honest with you. I walked away from the fence when everything started, when autographs started, because I didn't want to see her like, oh, and her be like, dad, dad, dad. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Knowing that it was Stella, I wouldn't want this. But like, just I, I think it'd be a little funny to see like a droopy dog face with this big sign of like, why isn't he coming over? <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So all of a sudden, like we're watching practice. Everything's finishing up. We're laughing, talking. I look over. All of a sudden, Stella's in the front line of the fence somehow. She's got the sign. And Dalton Kincaid sees the sign and he's beelining towards her. Mm-hmm. Like she somehow makes this thing happen. She did it. Not only did she do it. The Bill social media people like jumped on it. Mm-hmm. They got a video of the exchange, which was adorable. Mm-hmm. It ended up like going viral a couple of days afterwards. Everything happened. The funniest part, man. And this brings me back to being a kid again, doing this autograph thing. 
when you finally, because you, you have ideas in your head of what you're going to say, what you're going to do meeting these people in person. Mm-hmm. But you say, like you said, not only. I know exactly where you're going with this. They're so physically intimidating. Uh-huh. And it's like, this is the moment, right? So Dalton Kincaid was the sweetest guy. Yeah. He walks up and he goes, oh, wow, nerds. Are, uh, uh, are these for me? All of them? Wow. And he points to her side. He goes, you want me to sign that? And my daughter, who's been waiting this entire time, she has the whole plan. The only words she said to Dalton Kincaid were, I got football. <laughs> That's all I felt about. You want me to say that? I got football. I got football. I got football. Like that. And it got, they got it on video, too. I'll go football. Oh my gosh! I, uh, trust. Me, I think we've all been there. You know, like I, I, absolutely. Yeah, I I still do. Like I still I do that all the time. I remember one time I I met Fred Jackson. You know, and just it just in passing, and um and I was he was like, oh hey man, how's it? a super nice guy? And I was just like, hey, what's uh. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, no, it's great to meet you, too. Like, you don't think. It's like, you know, your bird brain takes over. No, everybody that's listened to the podcast this entire time heard you introduce yourself to Stevie Johnson, so we know what your situation is. Oh, yeah. Hey, Stevie, big fan. Oh, I am a big fan. We talked about my my youngest. Yes, yes, we did. That was a fun time. You know, it's funny. You brought up how expensive these autographs are getting now. Yeah, totally. Okay. Have you looked at what Josh Allen autographs are going for right now? No. Okay. No, I have not. Because... Memorabilia collecting is not my thing. I understand. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hobby shame on this on this podcast. You're, you've been hobby shaming this whole time. Nope. Yes, you have. Nope. Yes, you have. No, I have not. Yes, you I'm have. Sh- no, I'm not. You I'm called sh- him sad. I am. I'm shaming the person who's muscling his way through his or her way uh-huh. through a crowd of children of young people, adolescents at best. Okay, we're gonna play a little game here, but I'm not gonna hobby shame. You want to do memorabilia? That's you. Shut up. Are you ready for? How much is Josh Allen's autograph worth? Hit me. Okay. A Josh Allen signed authentic football. And by the way, this is not on eBay. This is from that TSE group that sells autographed items yep. outside. I'm familiar. Yep. Excuse me. Ryan, what does a Josh Allen authentic autograph football go for? Um, Authentic autographed football. I would say... One fifty nine hundred ninety eight dollars and ninety nine cents. You're joking. Hand to God, but they have a twenty percent off sale going on right now. So you can get it for seven hundred ninety nine dollars. What's the coupon code? Don't <laughs> care. Nine hundred dollars. A thousand dollars. That's insane. Hey, remember at Marshall's three years ago when you saw a framed Josh Allen autograph authentic jersey for three hundred dollars, and you said, "Oh, idiot's gonna pay three hundred dollars," and was... that thing's probably worth like fifteen hundred bucks. You idiot! I told you to buy it. I told you to buy it. I remember thinking in my standing by. It was at a TJ. Did you say Marshalls? Marshalls TJ Maxx. Whatever. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Like I, I even asked the checkout person. I was like, "Do you sell those? Like, re- like how long has that been here?" And she goes, "Like we've had to replace it like four times," which tells me they had four of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's number four. Who knows how many more they have in the back? Sure. Which even fed into my thinking of like. This isn't, like, legitimate. Like, how do I even know? Like, is this graded? Whatever the case. Like, who cares? If you're going to... Sp- I think it was, like, 250 at that point. you got to be kidding me. No, I'm not no, joking. You know what? I probably undershot it. Because if that football is a grand, that framed jersey is probably $2,500. Yeah, that's probably up there. I, will add this. I mean, you always need a market for it. And I understand Josh Allen's hot right now. Um, but Bro, still. you could have paid your mortgage for two months. For two months? Well, then I would have had to sell the jersey. Okay. Like, where's the fun in that? Oh, I get to live for two months in my house. Please, I'm saving that. That's right. something special. All right, so a thousand dollars that I that I bought it. TJ Maxx. So a thousand dollars for an autograph authentic football. I agree with you. No matter who it is, that's insane. That's nuts, especially for a guy who's still playing in the league right now. Right. All right. So let's go something smaller. Same website, same company. Mm-hmm. A Josh Allen signed Funko Pop. You're familiar with this, of course. Okay. 
What does the Josh Allen signed Funko Pop cost? I mean, if the it's got to be ten thousand dollars. I mean, I, 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 seventy five bucks. You're kidding me. After the thousand dollar football, you just get seventy five bucks. It's a plastic figurine. Six hundred seventy one dollars, dude. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw still up in, in your house. Still in the box though. Oh well, in that case, yeah. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Literally, so you, in that case. Um, yeah, no, that's that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Bro, people are paying it. People are buying this stuff. So when you ask why these adults are pushing kids out of the way, yeah, bro, $1,000. Yeah, I mean, well. $1,000. Hey, er, kid. Everybody got to eat. You got your youth and your whole life ahead of you. Shut up. I got bills to pay. Thank Move. you. I got things I'm doing here. That's that's criminal. That's criminal hey, how man. much that costs. Take it up with that company. Oh, Bought myself an autographed mystery helmet at a game when I was drunk last season. <laughs> Boogie Basham. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And Tyler Bass, I got. I kept getting drunk and buying mini there mystery helmets. I mean, Tyler Bass, you know, I mean, not to say Basham's out. I think you made me trade it. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, we're about to find out what's making Ryan sad. Mm-hmm. And the Bills are wrapping up training camp. They've been living together now for two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they're grown-ass men. Yeah. Most of the millionaires that are sharing space like this. Yeah. Ryan, we're going to figure out... If you had to live with one Bills player for two weeks, and we'll do it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. exciting because it means the season is right around the corner. Woo-hoo. Uh, but with that being said, you've had grown-ass men, millionaires, yep. most of them, yep. living together in dormitories that 18, 19, 20-year-olds find subpar. And that's not a, sh- a knock at Fisher. Living in a dorm sucks. Yeah, it's a dorm. Okay. So with that being said... Are you sleeping on a bunk bed? Come on, please. <laughs> Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. Ryan Duffy, my name is Pat Duffy. Hello, Patrick. And he has been in full panic mode for the last three minutes in the commercial break. I am a, I am a part-time professional. Okay. Uh, let's figure out mm-hmm. what's making Ryan sad. Let me just consult my notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know... It's hard to be sad when there's so much optimism this time of the year. You know, training camps in full flight. We got the Hall of Fame game last week. You know, pads are clickety-clacking again. Got the preseason game. Shut up and tell me! So, what's making me sad is the reminder of how scary it is to watch practices, preseason games, before the games actually matter. Specifically... With all of the injuries that we have seen around the NFL. I'm not going to want everybody. Please, please do. The Joe Burrow injury. The um, scares that we've had with on the Bills alone with Spencer Brown and his back. The, I love how you went into this with like, oh, I have multiple Joe Burrow. Although, oh, there but are there's, assorted and, uh, but there's, there's one here that it's making me sad for two reasons. One, I'm referring to Jalen Ramsey. So... Jalen Ramsey being injured in the preseason as a person to person stinks. You know, I, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I don't wish that on you as just a human being. So you should stop and not say, but no, I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that at all. Okay. What my, what it's also making me sad is a specific memory. I have, it was 2017. The bills were playing a home game, a home preseason game. I should say against the Minnesota Vikings. And I remember maybe second, third quarter, whatever it was, lined up at tailback. Your boy, 
Bishop Sankey. And I thought to myself, oh, Bishop Sankey. I remember that name. Who knows how long he had been in the league? Maybe four or five years. Well, I mean, he had just gotten out of the church, so. (laughs) Clearly, it bounced around from a few teams, and he's playing, you know, late minutes in a preseason game. Mm -hmm. First preseason game of the season. So, of the preseason. So, on his first or second, very early into his time on the field, he goes down in the backfield, non-contact injury, grabbing his knee. And I thought to myself, like, that's, that's so bad. And I remember he's pounding the ground. Like he's trying to make a team, you know, like he's clearly bouncing around. And I didn't realize until a little bit older that that was the last NFL snap he ever took. Yeah, it sucks. Right. So, so that makes me sad thinking about that memory, but also just in the grand scheme of things, this is a very scary potential time around the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, again, like we talked about earlier in the show, Josh, Gabe, Steph, both safeties, Matt Milano, I mean, Von Miller's already going to be in street clothes. Like sure. Anybody that you need to make a run, especially after what's happened the last couple of years where we lost guys down the stretch, street clothes don't care. They're veterans. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Defense is the same. Guy calling, it's different. That's it. Yep. Chill. The scheme's the same. The guy calling the plays is different. That's yeah, what I'm saying. It's yeah. all the same. All right, so with all that being said, grown-ass men mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Bills have had to live together for the last three weeks at Bills camp, and it's a strange idea for everyday people, let alone guys who are all pretty much millionaires, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ryan, other than your spouse, when is the last time you lived with somebody? Um, I mean, I had some roommates before I moved in with my wife. So what age? Uh, Latest, think? 23? Mm, 24? Yeah, 24, 25. Okay, so that's about the age that, you know, half of that team is at there. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. but they don't have to. You don't really see Bills NFL players having roommates unless they're like best friends that want to live together. Well, hang on a second though. There's a huge distinction. But uh, assuming that every player gets their own room, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. Like, when I had roommates, we didn't share a bedroom. No, I get it. But okay. still, I mean, yes, you get your <laughs> right. own room. However, everybody is right next to each of other. Course. You're on top of each other. Of course. Okay. Sure. The players say they love going to camp and living with each other. Mm-hmm. Do you believe them or do they have to say that? I do believe that. Why? Because there is a, there is an end to the training camp. It's like a, it's summer camp. It's literally summer camp. Okay. Where you're going out to live with in your own room, in your own space if you need it, as a professional athlete, mind you. So I can only imagine the the medical treatment and the facilities there. Like they're catering to you. You're, you're mm-hmm. millionaires. Yeah. I could see them really enjoying themselves there and maybe just cutting loose all of the other stresses of life outside, you know, of, of football. Mm-hmm. Everything is, you are isolated to only focus on football and building rapport. Have I could s- definitely see them loving that. Have you seen that video from like two weeks ago where Josh Allen gives a tour of his basement? No. Okay. He's got a two story basement. Oh, that's fun. I don't even know how you do that. Hmm. It's a two-story underground area. Well, okay. The bottom story is a full golf simulator with, like, every golf course in the world. That's awesome. There's a balcony over the top with a bar where you can watch your buddies play the courses. Okay, that's... On top of a normal man. The point I'm making is this. Josh sat and said in a press conference when camp started, I love coming out to camp. I love living with the guys. Why you lie, Josh Allen? I mean, I don't. I I definitely believe okay. that he loves it. He lives in a house that he built from scratch with a two story basement and every golf course on the planet. I don't even know what the hell's going on in the rest of the house. And you're gonna tell me 
You like leaving that to go sleep in a dorm bedroom with Matt Barkley farting on your pillow when you're not in the room. And you know Matt Barkley does that. You know Matt Barkley. He seems like a fart on pillow He's guy. a pup. Fart pillow guy every day of the week. Yeah, no, for sure. I would absolutely love to be in Josh Allen's home with a two-story basement and a golf simulator and bar overlooking nobody playing the golf simulator because how can he be at two places at once? I think the camaraderie of the Mm -hmm. people together. Didn't you see Blank Check, that movie? Remember when he has all the money, he gets a million dollars, he throws a giant party, he's got all these things, all this fun stuff, and he can't do anything. Let's pause the show. Because all of his friends are, he's got all this stuff and no one to share it with. We're going to pause the show real quick. It's called broadcasting, as in broad topics to discuss. Yeah, the broad movie. you just brought up the 1994 Disney Disney film, Blank Check. Blank Check. Sorry, Karen Duffy. (laughs) She co-starred in that movie. Our aunt. Stop telling people that. <laughs> because that's not the first time that you said that. That is not the first time you said that. I love. I, I also love how you feel like Josh Allen couldn't get anybody to come over to his house. Oh, of course he can. I'm just saying like... Everybody's I, going to Josh Allen's house. You you are after... You had OTAs. I'm sure you guys kept up in the offseason a little bit here and there. But now the whole band's back together Bro, again. The whole, it's summer camp for a month. We know the whole team hangs out at Josh's house. He says it in the video. After wins, everybody comes over and hangs out. Man, bro, like fun. Remember, you think our press credentials can get us in? There. Yeah, let's go. Where the lanyard. Okay. Ryan, which Bills player would you want to live with for three weeks straight? Ooh, that's a good one. Because the answer is Gabe Davis. You think so? Yeah. He seems real cool and laid back. He ain't coming home at like four in the morning to keep the party going. But he's always smiling and having a good time. Hmm. I, if I had to live with one Bills player for three weeks, I think I'm picking the angel Gabriel Davis. <laughs> and he's in a contract year, so that makes it even better this season. Okay. Um, man, that's a really good question. Yeah, I know. That's why I asked it. I would think I have two answers for two different reasons. If I'm looking for like fun times, like living with, with someone, I would okay, I'm going to pause company. you. I'm going to pause yeah. you. So you don't give two answers. Okay. It's not just about the fun times. It's about yeah. who you can live with. You have to factor both of those yeah, things. No, in. for sure. hundred percent. Okay. So pick one. I can't pick one. There's two different reasons. I'm going to, I'll go quick. I would want to live with Tim Settle. Every single uh, press con- yeah, every single press conference I've ever seen of him, he seems like he's such a good time. He's so lighthearted. He he truly enjoys being there, and I think like his uh, aura and energy would be fun to be around. I feel like he's a guy that'd be like, hey man, let's go, uh, let's go do something fun, or like, hey, I'm just gonna go hang out here. Do you want to come hang out with me? And if I'm feeling it, yeah, man, I totally want to hang out with you, Tim Settle. Thank you very much. Okay, who's the other person? For a completely different reason, Matt Milano. Because that guy is not going to interact with me one bit. Mm-hmm. If I want some of my own uh, space, I mean, he's going to walk into the suite and be like, hey, Matt, what's up? He's going to be like, assuming that he speaks. Mm-hmm. Hello. Nod of the head, whatever. And then we're going to go our complete separate ways, and I can do whatever it is I want to do and not be burdened with, like, a. I should probably invite Matt Milano out. It's so funny you say that because my next question was going to be, which player could you not live with? And the answer is Matt Milano. Why? Okay, here's why. That man terrifies me. Sure. And, like, he doesn't speak. He seems obsessed with what he does for a living, which is great for an NFL linebacker. But it feels like if you lived with Matt Milano, Mm -hmm. you would find out some weird stuff (laughs) real fast. Like, nothing illegal, just, like, unsettling. Untim settling, if you will. (laughs) Like, you know, like, like you're going to bed and you hear him, like, screaming at his goldfish every night for some reason, right? (laughs) Or, like, he insists his mother gets a key to the apartment and can walk in whenever she wants. Like, just, like, weird, like, something that's, like, that's not wrong, but I don't like it. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like you wake up and he's just eating tomatoes raw with his berry. He's got a tomato in each hand for some reason. That would be unsettling. The other stuff is creepy. I would say untim settling would be him just like waking up and eating a tomato like it's an apple. Be yeah. Like, Good morning. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> mouthful saying. Of, mouthful of tomatoes. Yeah, and like he, like you wake up and he's like using a vacuum cleaner on like his body hair for some reason, and he's looking at you while you're looking at him. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like he's got like a shop vac on his chest. <laughs> sure. She like filing his knuckles down or like his nails down with uh, with like sandpaper. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? No, like that guy, that guy seems like an enigma you don't want to crack. Yeah, okay. Like there's a reason why some people don't speak and mm-hmm. don't interact. And this is maybe, maybe you're, you're a little younger than me. Maybe this will come with wisdom. Oh, please. Um, when somebody doesn't want to be forward, let them not be forward. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh but I would, so, okay. I am the type of personality where I can get in and out. I can make a quick, no, uh, pleasant. Oh, I absolutely. I, can. I, I witnessed. I one hundred percent can. You're extending this out. There's Stop. Let me get in and out. So many. I can. I can. Uh, I'm quick enough on my feet where I can. <laughs> I can make a a cordial little quip uh-huh. and do the Irish goodbye. See yeah. you later. Oh, it was great seeing the nice little Seinfeld or uh, uh, Seinfeld walk back, yeah. walk out of the room. Sure. So I think I could pull that off with Matt Milano. No. I dropped my pen. That's how frustrated I am with you that you think you're that person. Sucks to be you. Okay, we played in a golf tournament yesterday, and I watched you over and over again always take it one step too far. What are you talking about? You don't know. You don't want to get out. You don't know what the punchline is. You don't oh, know you get are out. out of your mind. Can't get out. I commented on green shirt. <laughs> are you serious? I, you're going to give me garbage I about just, not being professional. There's a mute button. No, there isn't like, actually. <laughs> you, <laughs> I didn't. I, that, that's the next level up on this uh, broadcasting program. We are in an eight by three what do you want me to do with with uh, with like sound acoustic foam what do you want me to do and now just the particles from your (laughs) hey your your, your sneeze and hair is i'm breathing it in as what did you want me to do there go to commercial i love oh yeah hold on we'll be right back i gotta sneeze (laughs) i'm not gonna make it outside there's no door handle on that door by the way i love how you go i'm easy to live with i sneeze in a room while we're doing a show and you just flipped out Okay, well, there's so a, you're not easy to live with. I'm very easy. You to live are with. not easy to live no, with. No, man, I'm a good time. I get in and out. Micah Hyde. Yeah. Could you live with Micah Hyde? I think so. Charming, good conversation with reporters. Totally. Yeah. All right. Here's the big question, please. Right, because I think the majority of people that get, would be asked this question would answer immediately. Josh Allen. Take out how much you'd want to live with Josh Allen because he's Josh Allen, and we mentioned the two story basement and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to think about Josh the person. Like you're living in a two-bedroom apartment with Josh Allen. Would living with Josh Allen for three weeks wear on you? Um, yeah, I think so. Why? Oh, I. What could we possibly have to talk about after like a week? Well, he likes video games, doesn't he? Well, you, sure. You both like golf. We do both like golf, and we're both very good, apparently. Um, you're not good. I just called par- you yesterday. Oh, please. It's back. It's back in full form. Hadn't played in four years. I have multiple videos of you shankopotamusing shots all over the place. Okay. that's Those are isolated shots. We uh-huh. shot under 100 collectively. I'm going to take the win where I can get the win. We're back, baby. We only shot under 100 because we maxed out on our five shots on every single hole. Listen, if you want to get into the semantics of the whole thing, you fine print, you do you. I'm just saying you can't argue with facts. Anyway. No, I think after a while, like, how could I, I? I don't have anything to relate with Josh Allen other than surface level. I could be pleasantly surprised, and he could be as good of a dude as I want him to be, and, like, none of that stuff matters. 
Like, like our lives are so completely different. We're on completely different playing fields. Yeah. I would but, rather be with someone who's not worth a quarter of a billion dollars. But it's funny where you draw the line there, right? Because you're right. No, you're right. Like, Josh Allen. But here's the thing. I feel like Josh Allen's pretty down to earth. My concern would be, like, he's like a giant seven-year-old at all times, which is endearing if you're not sharing a place with him. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you'd walk in and he'd like tackle you onto the couch. It's like, bro, I just, I'm working all day. You're it. Josh, you forgot. Like, he's got like Nerf guns and he's hiding around the corner. Like when you walk, <laughs> he hits you in the eye by accident. He's sure. like, oh, sorry. And it's like, Josh, like, I just, I just, I had a meeting today that did not go well. If you could just stop with that. I love how you're like, Josh Allen's worth a quarter billion dollars. We got nothing in common. Tim Saddle's getting four billion this year. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be just chuckling up me and four billion dollar Tim Settle. There's quite a difference. Don't get me wrong. There's a huge difference between my part-time salary on the show mm-hmm. and Tim Settle's. Uh, at the very, uh, he's on a contract, so like he's getting paid a couple million dollars, yeah. right? There is a big difference there. But there is an even larger difference, I think, quick mental math, between Tim Settle's contract and Josh Allen's contract. So Josh Allen's contract this year, I believe, is worth something like $14 million. Okay, you can move all you want. No, no, I think it, you're right. It, it escalates next season. Yeah, next season. You're right. So they have a $10 million difference. But okay. like when you talk percentage-wise, it's like, I don't know, what, 30 40%? Whereas you and Tim Settle, compared to what you guys are making, is like a billion percent. A billion percent. Pretty close. Um. Okay, fair enough. But All whatever. Right. One more question. You ask me questions, and then you criticize my answer. Okay, what are we doing a podcast where it's called Ryan Answers the Questions, and I just go, oh, interesting. Oh, it's discussion. Oh, interesting. I see your point. Here's my point. Instead of being like, you're wrong. God. You're nasty. Mr. Duffy, if you're nasty. With Aunt Karen Duffy. Yuck. Not not Karen Duffy. I'm sure she's great, but you saying Mr. Duffy, if you're nasty. is Great. Uh, just to wrap this up. Would you rather live with Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott? Um, I would say Brandon Bean. Why? Because Sean McDermott seems way too intense for me. I feel I don't know uh, Brandon Bean's workout regimen, but I can only assume it's more intense than or less intense rather than Sean McDermott's. I feel like I would be sleeping. Did you in. just call the general manager Doey? No, not at all. Kind of feels like he did. No, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has a perfectly kind normal, healthy. I going. would even say elevated uh, workout regimen. Do you use the nickname Brandon McBaked Beans behind his back? <laughs> McBaked Beans or McJelly Beans? <laughs> Jelly, Brandon Jelly Beans. Yeah, I should have went with Brandon yeah, McJelly Beans. Yeah, yeah, sucks to be you. Sorry, um, but either way, no. I would say that just comparatively speaking, I would imagine Sean McDermott um, would have a little bit more intensity. Workout regimen aside, I think the. The intensity on Sean McDermott is a little bit too intimidating for me. I think I could uh, mesh better with Brandon Bean. See, I feel the opposite. I feel like McDermott's so intense that he's going to stay to himself the entire time. Where Brandon Bean seems like the guy who's like, yo, it's happy hour going on. Come on with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, he, like, he's not going to get crazy, but like he wants someone to go like have a beer with him whenever he goes and has a beer with him, and that becomes your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather be left alone and just have, like, our passing moments. Maybe I'll, like, figure out how to cook whitefish better. Because you know that's all Sean McDermott eats is, like, bland whitefish with no seasoning on it. Tilapia. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Turns out it's actually Matt Milano's goldfish that he was screaming at the night before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Weird. Yuck. McJelly beans. That would have been... I'm sorry, I missed opportunity on your part. I did blow it. So, uh, with this preseason game happening on Saturday, again, get in and out. No injuries. Figure out where your footing is. Mm-hmm. And we're on to Monday Night Football yeah. against the New York Jets. Pack it in, baby. The most important discussion of the offseason on Let's Go Duffalo. What are your expectations? Because I got where the Bills are supposed to finish, according to uh, the NFL experts. Mm. 
We'll do it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Season around the corner, but now it's about to get real, buddy. <laughs> and the most important question we Bills fans need to figure out is where are your expectations? Yeah. Let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey app. Where we get your podcast. He's Ryan. My name is Pat. An article in the USA Today last week mm. picked the Bills to finish 13 and 4 and win the AFC East. Okay. Yeah. They also picked the Jets to lose to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, so take that for what it's worth. Yikes. Okay. So, Ryan, right now, yeah. the over-under for wins for the Buffalo Bills this season on FanDuel, what do you think it is? I think it's 10.5, right? It is 10.5. Yeah. 10.5 is the over-under. Yep. Ryan? Yeah. Over-under, 10.5 wins for the Buffalo Bills this season. I think we're over. Why is that? Um, I mean, I feel opt- we've hit over 10 wins for... The last three seasons, mm-hmm. right? I think so. Um, and I know the AFC East is, you know, on paper pretty competitive this year. Um, I know our schedule's uh, tougher because we're going up against number one teams after winning the division. Well, but we, we've been doing that the last two seasons. Right. Uh, but that's why that's why I'm saying, like, I, I feel that, like, yes, the level of competition is higher, but also I feel good about the team that we have on the field. So, yeah, I'm going to go over 10.5. Okay, so you bring up the AFC East. Uh they went what five and one two years ago. The only loss being to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They went four and two last year. The only losses being to Miami and the Jets early on. Yep, both on the road. I mean, those are really good divisional records. Yeah, yeah. Would you be okay with a three and three divisional split this season? I mean, if the not that they're going to lose one game to each of them. Maybe you get swept by Miami. I was going to say, yeah, Jets. like if I would be more concerned if you know you drop one. Well, I, I no. Um, yeah, I would take it. Because, Wait, really? Oh, I would. Well, also, would you, would you be disappointed? I guess is the question. Um, well, I mean, if you if you're making the playoffs and you and you have a deep run at the playoffs, like I could, who cares? You can go. You can't go zero six in the division and make the playoffs no. and make a deep run. But still, I'm just saying, like, um, yeah, no. I mean, I, if I knew what the outcome was, well, like, let me. All right, hold on. Let's back this if, up. Hang on. If I get to te- over ten and a half wins and I'm splitting the division, no, I'm not happy with that. Okay. If I get to twelve wins and I split the division. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, the odds are when you look at the outside, the schedule outside of the, the division, mm-hmm. if you go 3-3 three and three in the AFC East, you're not getting to 12 wins. Because that would mean you only have two games outside that of you can the division yeah. that you can lose. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Right? And you say, you know, as long as I make a deep playoff, yeah, of course. That's a, that's an obvious statement. If they go 0-6 in the division and they win the Super Bowl, are you happy with that outcome? The question is, can you, in your opinion, get to where the Bills want to be playoff-wise? Championship wise, winning only three games in the AFC East. Um, I, I think you could. Yeah, I think you could. You're not going to get the first overall seed. No, and that might be necessary as we've seen the last couple of years for the Bills to get over this hump. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the. I mean, don't get me wrong. Last season there were uh, a ton of gut check moments. Maybe the uh, splitting the division and you know that like, hey, they can bleed moment. Just like the Hale Murray was, uh, as per Micah Hyde mentioning it a couple of years ago, 
maybe they would need something like that, that to be to kind of motivate them. You know, McDermott loves to play the underdog. It's really kind of hard to be the underdog when you're the division champion three years running. Well, but what's interesting is somehow the Bills are the underdog this offseason, right? Like the expectations have tempered. Mm-hmm. The Jets are getting all the attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just told you, USA Today picked the New York Jets mm-hmm. with new coordinators, new quarterback, half your offense is brand new, to lose in the Super Bowl despite not winning the division to the Eagles. Yeah. You can Look, there are people that are picking the Dolphins to finish ahead of both the Bills and the Jets. I've seen it. They have an undercard, underdog card to play here. Yeah. You don't think the expectations being tempered this season for the Bills is warranted? I don't... What? So, all right, a lot of experts, you know, last year was Bills or Bust, right? Yeah. They're going to the Super Bowl. They yeah, were the yeah, totally. odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl yep. from wire to wire. Mm-hmm. Do you think the expectations being pulled back by NFL experts is warranted after the off the end of last season and the offseason the Bills have had? Um, uh, is it warranted? No. Okay. Am I upset about it? I understand Absolutely you're not upset. Not. So yeah. you don't think the Bills have taken any step back compared to where they were last year? Well, I mean, I'm 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 concerned if you want to say it that way about how the defense is going to perform with all the changes, uh, administratively and you know, player personnel wise. Okay. Um. As far as the offense, like I know that it's it's capable, you know, like I've seen it work. Capable doesn't win Super Bowls. Fair enough. Um, you know, it does win Super Bowls, though, in championships is defense. Okay, so let's talk about the defense. Let's the wild cards in here. Your middle linebacker's gone. Mm-hmm. He was better than fans want to give him credit. Hundred percent agree Jermaine with Edmonds, you. Right. Hundred percent agree with you. It looks like it's now down to a two player competition to replace him. Mm-hmm. You got a new defensive play caller in head coach Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. Now, he made a Super Bowl calling defensive plays for the Panthers, mm-hmm. and that's what got him the job in Orchard Park. But, and it's a big old but. Big old but. There is something untim settling to me about head coaches who have to only focus on one side of the ball. Now, granted, McDermott's offense, as far as we know, is not his strong point. Okay. But he's the one that will be making decisions as far as big game situations. Yeah. And if you, the thing that sucks about calling a defensive game is if you're an offensive coordinator, you don't have to watch the defense. As soon as that punt goes up in the air, that's when you're starting to plan for what's going to happen. Yeah. If you're a defensive coordinator, you have to be the defensive coordinator, whether it's third and two and you have to plan for your next defensive play coming up or third and 21 and they manage to somehow convert it in the NFL these days, which is not that much less. It's not a common occurrence, but it happens way more than it used to be. My point is... You can't be focused on both sides of the ball. It's worse for a defensive coordinator as opposed to a head coach that's going to call offensive plays. Hmm. Do you disagree? Um, I don't disagree, but I think uh, I'm going to look at it from a different perspective, though, because if you want to look at where the Bills have fallen short in those game-time decisions mm-hmm. of recent years... You got 13 seconds. You got the uh, the Bills defense not showing up for either the wild card or divisional round last year. Offense had their problems too. Don't get me wrong, especially in the Bengals game. But a guy, just, a guy died. I'm just saying. I'm not putting uh, any. Uh, I'm not putting course, any stop. Dude, but no, on. I'm just saying. Like I hate, I hate that take from people outside of Orchard Park. Well, you know, the defense didn't show up. Defense didn't show up. You were literally down to a mash unit. Dude. You had nobody there, and and Demar Hamlin had that incident with all those guys. I am not putting any stock. And how that team performed against New England, Miami, and Cincinnati the last three games. Fine. 
you want to talk about like take away not showing up as a team okay but when it when the when the rubber meets the road let's talk about 13 seconds okay if i i I can only assume that because leslie frazier was the defensive coordinator at that time that he was the one calling the defensive scheme when travis kelsey picks up whatever you know x amount of yards dane jackson yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so wait was that dane yeah was no I thought it was Trey Matt and Tremaine Edmonds. Either no, way, no. who knows? Because they were lined up like 40 yards off the line of scrimmage. My point is that like in that kind of situation, I would much rather prefer or uh, let me put it this way. I would love to see what the decision would be from the head coach because there's no other throat to choke in that situation. If he can't, if he's uh, God willing, he's put in the same position mm-hmm. where he can actually show that like, hey, the scheme works or I know what I'm doing, whatever the case. And he's put into that situation and makes the right call that's that's worth it to me i think you're being naive uh believing he didn't have a say in that play call it was the biggest play call of the season he's a defensive coach it's, okay it's do, his system do you okay so do you think at that point a good leader would be willing to swoop in and say thanks for everything leslie really appreciate it i'm actually going to take the race i didn't right here. say he called it i said had a say in that call i think that if there was a call that he did not like in that moment because it's his team and you're right there you're on the cusp of the afc championship game at home there's no way that he heard that call come in and go, I don't like it, but you know what? I'm going to ride or die with Leslie Frazier. I mean, here's the thing, too. And, and maybe I'm being a little short-sighted on it, too, because the play before, the series before, you didn't. You, Tyreek Hill went right over the top oh, and scored but, right on you. I mean, I, there are other circumstances there. So, like, maybe there, that's a reactionary call because you don't want that to happen again. Yes. And you take your chances, like, taking an underneath route, and they just happen to throw it to the best tight end of the league. So, like, I, I understand there are circumstances there, but my point is if the major criticism against the defense is the, the big-time situation play calling, I would rather have that be in the hands of the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, mind you, as opposed to someone that, that could potentially be looked at as a patsy. Look, and I'm not saying that that Leslie uh, Leslie Frazier was bad at his job. Like, he's had a top five, ten, top seven defense, like, five, seven years in a row. Like, come on, man. Like, give the guy some credit. But I also think, like, if you want to call out 13 seconds or other defensive play calls, like, yeah, let's maybe give McDermott a shot to make those calls. No, but he did. I'm telling you, man, you're being extremely naive. And with games on the line, calls that come in that he did not have the ability to overrule or had a discussion. Yeah, I mean, they were calling timeouts all over the place on that last drive against Kansas City. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Who knows? We'll never know. Oh, I know I'm right. Okay. What is your min? Oh, is it frustrating? Is it frustrating? It's frustrating. frustrating. What's your minimum line of disappointment this season? Um, minimum line of discipline. All right, I'm going to ask you some questions. We're going to figure it out. Hit me. Are you angry if the Bills miss the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Are you angry if the Bills what don't... What the hell kind of a question is that? We're working up, you idiot. It's called a pyramid. <sighs> Are you angry if the Bills miss the playoffs? Yes. Are you angry if the Bills don't have the number one overall seed? No. Are you angry if the Bills lose in the wild card? Yes. Are you angry if the Bills lose in the divisional round? Yes. Are you angry if the Bills lose in the AFC championship? Yeah. So you're Super Bowl or bust? No. That's such a loaded question. No, it's not. Am I going to be sad if they lose in the AFC Championship? Of course I am, because I think they can win the Super Bowl. You need to listen. I didn't say sad. Well, if you would just participate in the exercise the right way, you wouldn't have to be all upset. I didn't say sad. I said angry. Because we're all going to be sad wherever it ends unless they win the Super Bowl. There's a difference between sad, like that 13 seconds game. Okay, I wasn't angry enough. about that. I was sad. It was the greatest NFL game of all time. Fair enough. I would not be angry if if they lost with their best effort 
in the AFC Championship game. I would not be angry. Okay, but again, that's a loaded answer because you don't know if you're getting your best effort in those games. Well, okay, so if they go out and they lay an egg like they did in the in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, when I think they absolutely could have beaten the Chiefs. Yeah, not in that one. I that, think that, they could have done it. That season? I don't think so. Either way, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I would, I would be disappointed. I, I wouldn't. What's the? What did you say? Would, would you be angry? be angry if they lost in the AFC Championship game? No. Okay, so your line of expectation for the Buffalo Bills this season is a minimum AFC Championship. Based game. on your line of questioning, counselor, yes. Okay, but no. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out because you weren't going to be able to answer the question without it. If they don't make the AFC Championship game for you this season, is a disappointment. Yeah. All right. Here's what I find interesting about that. Okay. That wouldn't be getting farther than what we've seen. At, at maximum, yes. Okay, you're so right. you're fine with the status quo then? Um, No, that's not status quo. Well, no, I mean, look, they've gotten to an AFC Championship game within the last three seasons. They've lost in the divisional round the last two years. And the year before that, they, they went to the be, within yeah. the last three seasons. Okay, but, I'm, but that doesn't, okay, so then if you want to talk averages, you have two less and one higher. So you're talking, like, I need them to get past the divisional round. Okay, but you're, look, time isn't running out. No, but it's moving faster than we think. Because Josh, as we just brought up a little while ago, makes a ton of money against the cap next year, which yep. affects this roster. And sure, Bean is going to restructure that. But the further we get down the line, the less room there is to bring in the pieces you need to win and replace folks. Don't yep. forget, we were in Gabe Davis contract year, right? That's going to be a problem. Yep. Stefan Diggs said in a press conference last week, and I'm paraphrasing, that I have had more good games in my past than I will in my future, saying essentially he's getting old. You're going to have to replace him. You got to find someone to replace Diggs. If you get to the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. that's great. It's a feather in your cap. Every year they don't get to the show is another year you have to look at as how many years we got left. Sure. So, with that being said, mm-hmm. are you still okay with the AFC Championship being your max out disappointment line? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. What are you, so what what's your position on the whole thing? I think I'm Super Bowl or bust right now. Okay. I think. That's a that's a pretty high expectation. But this team's got a lot of talent. You went out and you got Von Miller. You gave Josh Allen a quarter million dollar or a quarter billion dollars. Quarter million dollars. Stefan Diggs, you brought back both of your safeties to play together again, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, you're you moved money off of the defense of Tremaine Edmonds to have the money to pay for the offensive weapons that you want. Mm-hmm. You made these moves. These coaches understand. I mean, look, and I think Sean McDermott taking over the defense is also another sign that it's now or never, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this extreme thing because I think we have the opportunity to win it all right now. Yeah. I think the Chiefs might be on the downslope. Patrick Mahomes has been getting banged up as the season goes on the last couple of years. Yeah. And that ain't going to last forever. I don't think the Bengals are as good as everybody thinks. I disagree with you there. Okay. You caught the Bills in the worst possible scenario. <laughs> We've seen them lose weird games. I don't think they're as fundamentally sound as everybody believes, and I think they're beatable. I, I think they're. I think any team's beatable. No, I mean like, like if you put the Bills and Bengals take out the situation that happened the weeks before last season mm-hmm. on a field together, I think the Bills beat them seven times out of ten. Okay. I mean, you had your fifth safety playing against Joe Burrow. You had you were down to your like fifth corner halfway yeah. through that game. I mean, I see the argument. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I guess if you're, if I, I don't think it's a good idea to downplay how good of a team the Bengals are. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm saying they're not this juggernaut that everyone makes them out to be. And I'm saying that the arrogance that they were walking around with last year 
is going to hurt him this year. Hmm. But what do I know? I'm just a genius. You're just some guy. A With genius. a microphone. All right, it's going to wrap it up. We are back to doing this show weekly now, so we'll have it up. Yes. Yeah, no, I know you're excited. A stable paycheck. We'll have it up every Tuesday. Uh, once the regular season starts again, we'll tape every Monday night, unless uh, there is a primetime game, in which case we'll try to get it to you the day after that. Yeah. But again... Tell your friends, you can subscribe. The uh, Let's Go Duffalo podcast on the Odyssey app and Spotify, all that good stuff. So, he's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. We'll see you next week. Before we go, go Bills! Go Bills!